Hello and happy Sunday. Happy Sunday for all those who are online. Uh, maybe you're catching it on a Monday or a Tuesday or in your car or wherever you are. I just want to say welcome uh, to Hill City Online and hopefully we can connect next week, August 8th on Saturday at night. The link will be below. Please sign up so we can have a, we're having an outdoor service where we're all getting together. We're seeing one another. It's going to be a great time. Uh, I know a lot of things are going on right now. One of the big things is, uh, I don't know about you, but my kids are going back to school. And trying to figure that out has been pretty stressful. It's been crazy. And, uh, and we're looking at all the options, how that's going to fit our life, how that's going to fit work. Because we have a kid in elementary, middle, and high school, which means that there's three different, uh, different plans for them. So we're praying for you, parents. And please pray for us, and we're praying for you students too. Our normal school year has really shifted, right? And, and these things are hard. And, and man, do we need God's peace, wisdom, and grace. Make sure you give some grace to yourself. You've never been in this situation before. So today we are on part three of the message series, We Are the Church. From the book of Acts. And I want to thank Hannah for last week for speaking a message on proclaiming the good news unapologetically. She did such a good job with passion. I needed to hear that. I know we needed to hear that. And if you didn't catch that, make sure you catch that online. You can catch it on Facebook. You can catch it on Vimeo. Um, and, and, and what we're doing is we're going through the Hill City values. The values. And the first value we spoke was we worship Jesus passionately. And the second value was we proclaim the good news of Jesus unapologetically, right? And, and, and today's value is this. It's this. We serve humbly for the good of others. Say that with me. We serve humbly for the good of others. And so we're going to go through the book of Acts. As the church begins, They, the followers of Jesus were known for their radical obedience, their love and obedience for Jesus, and their radical love and submission for their new spiritual family, which is the church. See, the church is a spiritual family. I don't know if you know that. And, and, and when you read through the book of Acts, they're not just talking like figuratively or metaphorically, right? They're talking literally, this is my new family. Like it, it's by the spirit, right? And it's more than, more than just a community or a membership or a learning center or a group with similar interests, like a political group or a Facebook group or a Pokemon team, right? Uh, but Jesus knew we would need spiritual brothers and sp sisters, spiritual fathers and mothers to help us follow him faithfully. In other words, we need a bigger, broader family than just a family in which we were born into. A spiritual family. Say that with me. A spiritual family birthed out of our allegiance for Christ and principally and centrally submitted and committed to God. That's right. And, and, then, and then we're submitted and committed to one another, our spiritual family. And we, we help each other in guidance, accountability, training, generosity, encouragement into the likeness of Christ, which we call discipleship. Discipleship, right? 
So Acts 2, uh, 42 to 44. I read this in the first week that I spoke, but I want to read it again because we're getting more out of Acts. And I'm going to go through the book of Acts, different verses to get this, uh, uh, this idea of humbly serving into us. So let's read. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, which were Jesus' teachings, and the fellowship, which was this new spiritual family held together by their unity and love for Jesus, to the breaking of bread and the prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Here we see a submission to Jesus that leads to a mutual submission to one another. Serving one another, very literally, because they are family. And you do what you need to do to take care of your family, right? And, and, it's, and now, ever since I was a kid, I wondered why on Sunday mornings it used to be, it was called church service church service we're going to church service what time is church service right and this was before the sunday service was before kanye and why not call it like church or a sunday get together or sunday singing and and listening or sunday gathering but maybe i needed a new view on this thing we call church service a new view beginning with jesus in mind with the cross in mind, with this good news of the gospel of life in mind, remembering that every time we come together, that salvation began with an almighty God who humbly served me because he loved me and he gave his life for me. God so loved our world that he gave, right? And and, and the Son of Man did not come to be served, but came to serve and give his life as a ransom, a redemption for people, for many. That's Mark 10.45. So in every church service, we are reminded that we gather because God served us and called us into his family. I hope this never gets old, that we never, ever, ever get, get over Jesus, get over this gratitude, this wonder that God doesn't need anything from us. He wants us. He doesn't need our worship. Think about this. He doesn't need our worship. He has angels, millions of angels, choirs singing, worshiping God in, in the heavens. And, and he, because he doesn't need our worship, he wants our worship. Really, we are the one who needs worship. Because we are most alive in His presence. And the crazy part of all this is what God wants most from us is that we would bring our emptiness, our brokenness, our helplessness when we finally get there and say, hey, all the things that matter in life comes from God. And then we just go to God and we offer ourselves and say, fill us up, God, with your fullness and your love. And, it, and it's crazy because he delights to fill us and serve us in this way for his glory and our good. That's Christianity. Now, what is our response to all this? To such a radical love, I hope 
that me and you, we fall fully into Christ, that we don't hold back our life. If our hopes, if fullness comes for Christ, we all, we go all in, right? And, and, and respond by being like him, imitating him, finding our joy in Jesus, learning to be like him. See, now in Acts 6, the church continues to go, continues to grow. And we start reading here, in those days when the numbers of disciples were increasing, they were growing. Students and practitioners of Jesus devoted, uh, devoted themselves to, to one another and to God. And, 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 and this is what was happening in this spiritual family. They were getting together for the apostles' teachings we heard, eating together, praying together, being generous, serving one another as they had need. And this group began to grow and yet in this group the hellenistic jews among the uh, uh, among them complained against the hebraic jews because the widows were being overlooked on their daily distribution of food we see that the need in this moment was food a food bank for the widows who could not provide in this society in this culture for themselves so the church stepped in the church not meaning an organization the church meaning the people of god stepped in the family of god and 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 so the hebraic jews i think hannah explained it earlier were the jews who embraced the jewish culture and the hellenistic jews were the jews that embraced the greek roman culture and 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 the hebraic jews were looking at the hellenistic jews and saying so unspiritual compromisers and then the hellenistic jews were looking at the hebraic jews and were saying man look at these holier than thou traditionalists (laughs) you see some things never change. People take this view and they just take it to the bank instead of allowing Christ to do work and no matter what side you feel like you're on. See, they had to work out these issues back then and we're working out issues today in our cultures of prejudice, of, of, of things that are going on in the church, of COVID, of, of gathering, different issues that we're facing, but serving was not optional for the church. I'm going to say that again. Serving was not optional for the church. Everyone who belongs to Jesus serves. Everyone, right? We are co-workers with Jesus, and we see this all over Acts, serving food with their generosity, opening up their homes. Everyone took part. Today, you and I must serve the needs right in front of us. With, with, what that might mean is serving in this COVID culture, especially to one another and those around us. See, I'm, I'm going to give you two points. One of the points I already gave you. Point number one. The motivation of serving is Jesus. The motivation of our serving is Jesus. And that was taught already. Our response to the gospel, to God's love, God serving us, coming after us, giving his life for us. Number two, the enemy of serving is my selfishness. The enemy of serving is my selfishness. The enemy is not a person. It's not even our culture. It's me and my selfish heart. I don't know about you, but I have to fight my selfishness. I really do. It takes discipline. It's easy to live a selfish life. It's not hard to. It's easy to lean into what I need and to consume. It's hard to be disciplined to do otherwise. 
And so it takes continual work. It takes confession. And it takes people in my life, right, to call me out. Because selfishness is like a virus that we don't, we don't see in the beginning. That infects everything, that, that we, our vision, it infects our values, it, it infects our thinking. And making us think that we know what we need most and we lie to ourselves, isolate, isolate ourselves, and then we blame others for it. It's very interesting. Selfishness kills your love for Jesus and wrecks a spiritual family. In the words of John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, he said this right in John 3.30. He, Jesus, must increase and I must decrease. Treating God as God, not God as someone who can help me increase so I can live the good life, right? So I do Jesus stuff as long as I get fill in the blank. That is selfishness. That is a selfish heart. Selfishness is easy to see in others and really hard to see in ourselves. Yet how do we deal with a selfish heart? How do we deal with it? One of the ways we deal with it is we serve. And then we serve and we serve. But, with, but John, what is service? What is service? Number one, serving is a discipline. Galatians 5.16 says this, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedoms to indulge in the flesh, indulge in your desires, in, in just serving yourself. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. This takes practice, and it starts with small things, the simple things, and you have to have a plan to serve. If you say, I'll just serve when I, when I feel it, guess what? You just don't feel it, right? You won't feel it. <laughs> then what you do after that, making a plan, you continue to serve. It's crazy that we understand training in sports, discipline in sports, but it doesn't translate into our faith. We just want to feel God move and then we'll do it, right? Disciplined and disciples trained to be like Jesus. Disciples trained to be like Jesus. Listen, if you want to run a marathon, you got to practice, right? You can't just watch a marathon on TV while eating pork rinds, right? And going to, uh, going to Chubby's and eating three burritos and saying, man, I'm going to be such a good runner. No, there's no hack. There's no hack. You got to run. You got to train. You got to endure. You got to persist. There's no hack to serving. You got to train. You got to be submitted. You got to serve when you don't feel it or you'll never get over the selfish heart. I believe there are people listening today that feel utterly stuck in life. Utterly spiritually frustrated. Stuck in this thing I call arrested development. Pete Scazzaro says it this way, I was a Christian 22 years, but instead of being a 22-year-old Christian, I've been a one-year-old Christian 22 times. This thought should make us think or should haunt us. How frustrating waiting for the right time when there is no right time to serve or to be generous, to love, to serve our neighbors, to serve your angry boss, to serve your parents, to serve at Urban Outreach, to serve in Ethiopia and be generous there, serve after dinner and clean up everything, serve when someone else made a mess, serve when you have opportunity, join in Jesus training, make it a discipline and become like Jesus, do what Jesus did. That's what he expects of us. Number two, serving is a posture. 
say that. Serving is a posture. Jesus said, when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place, a better seat. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the guests. So it's like, don't take the best seat in the house. Take the lowest seat. Let other people be served. It's a posture of humility. And you're totally okay sitting with the kids and not in the honorable seat because you're not looking out for yourself. You're never offended when you live in this posture of humility. Never angry because they, whoever they are, didn't treat you like you deserved. Rather, you take a hos- a, this posture of humility and you're good. You're good because you're good with God. Tim Keller writes, Even when our troubles are great, we should still serve. Jesus washed his disciples' feet on the way to the cross. A posture of humility. And lastly, serving is maturity. Luke 6.40 says, The student is not above his teacher. Everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. This is how you know you're growing in Christ. Your life looks more and more and more like Jesus. It's just the natural, that's just the natural fruition of your life. It's not something you have to work so hard on. It just comes out of you. You look like Jesus. That's it. It's, and it's not always easy to get there. And we're trying to get there, disciplining, posturing, and letting maturity happen as we submit to Christ and to one another purposely serving for the good of others humbly when it costs you because you serve jesus even in obscurity when no one knows in secret listen the way of jesus plus the truth of jesus gives us the life of jesus life with meaning life with fullness life you've always wanted life your family needs life your workplace needs the life our world needs As we close today, let me ask you this. Do you have a servant's heart? Do you have a servant's heart? Why or why not? Are you easily offended when you're mistreated or put to the lower seat than you think you deserve? Let me dig even deeper. How often do we blame our inabilities on the inabilities of others? Saying, I can't do that because other people aren't doing that. Think about that. I don't serve because whatever or whoever did this or that, right? How often do we justify selfishness, bitterness, or frustration on the wounds we've received? And we hold on to them, not moving forward, always having a reason why we can't. Excusing our behavior and our obedience on someone else's behavior and disobedience. This is so important to answer honestly. Because until we get to the heart of what is holding us back, we cannot follow Jesus well. We need to deal with this today. Can we be so honest with ourselves? Can we be so honest with God? And then, can we be so honest with one another? Because someone has to know. Confession brings out our pain and our sin from the dark into the light of God allowing God to do work in us so he can shine through us and heal us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I know, Lord, in this moment, it's so easy to focus on what we're doing instead of understanding, maybe God, you're doing something in this moment, in this COVID moment where things are a little unsteady. 
instead of trying to find our foundation in ourselves, can we lean more radically into our salvation in Christ, our love in Christ, knowing that we have been served, we have been loved radically. And so we respond, God, by our confession of faith, by our confession of darkness, and God, we begin to serve. I pray all those who feel far from Jesus that we would take a step towards you today. And then we would do what you would do in generosity, in service, and in love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.